Good evening, everyone. It is Wednesday night, the 2nd of June. We've turned turned one corner, at least, into a new month, but uh, sadly not the corner we wanted to turn um, with today's news, but we'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, it's not going to be a somber night, that's for sure. We've got a great special guest, and we really look forward to bringing you this show. It's uh, episode 37 of So What's Been Happening. Cuz, how are we, mate? Good to see you again. Okay, as you too, mate. It's been a big week. We're on to our third one for the week, so and one to come on Sunday as well. So, look, as you said, didn't quite get the information we wanted to get today, but it's only one more week, and hopefully it'll go quicker than what it has gone so far, and we get through it pretty quickly. Yeah, well, as you know, uh, so many, so long ago now, this started as a one-week lockdown <laughs> yes. episode, and it was one more week, but one yeah. more week. And uh, there was no steak knives at the end for any of us. But the good part is, is we, we got to get out for a little while at least. But um, I don't know, Cars, let's just touch on your thoughts on the latest uh, announcement. Is it the right call? What do we do? Is it overreaction? You're damned and you're doing damned if you don't. But where do we go from here? Look, I think, I think now they're doing the right thing. But the question's got to be asked, why hasn't things – what happened previously? What, like – how does the big lockdown that we had before, how does someone go from South Australia and then get into here and then it seems to go pear-shaped when it gets to here? So and I'm not saying that to blame South Australia, but this th- doesn't seem to be checks and balances and whether it's from a federal point of view or a state point of view, all they do is point the fingers at each other, but it's the rank and file like you and I and our friends who are musos or entertainers or business people who suffer. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of time the politicians pulled their heads out um, of where they shouldn't be and all got together and yeah. had a bit of a united front on this one and not just oh, teed sure. off on each other. Um, yeah. New South Wales teed off on us, so we've kindly sent them up a case. Um, so they've gone <laughs> a positive from Melbourne. So um, they'd be careful what they wished for, I guess. But uh, look, the sad part is, is, mate, is exactly what we discussed Um once again, musos locked down, pubs locked down. Um, if you've got a landscaping business, you're on fire again. You start get to start again tomorrow, but might yeah. be a few landscaping businesses getting registered. Um, <laughs> I reckon you could register one, cuz you could you could go out and mow a few yeah. back lawns. Landscaping, or, painting, yeah, like, painters, that's a, you're allowed to paint now, they say. Painting's an outside, outdoor job. No, but look, I think that's, that's, that, that's, that's the hardest thing is people – I think people don't mind the fact they're in lockdown. I don't think people, it's like anything, people have a fear and a great fear of the unknown. And I think, unfortunately still, whether it's from a state or a federal perspective, there's no end game, so to speak. There's measures that are being taken, but people want that, okay, we're going to do this, so at the end this will be done. But that, no one can give, give that sort of definitive answer, I suppose. Yeah, well, I think um, the word of not long ago was pivot. And if you didn't yes. pivot during lockdown, you were done. Um, yes, uh, true. Now I think the magic word has become mystery and mystery case. Oh. And that's that's going to be the new one, mate. The second it's a mystery, maybe we should call in uh, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy and get a few, <laughs> get the magical mystery bus. Mystery bus going. going. And we might, uh, we might get our special guest to join us in that bus and do a road trip of uh, regional Melbourne, because that's, exactly that's about right. as far as we're allowed to go at the moment. But, geez, it'd be nice to be, 
be nice to be out there regionally again. Well, people who you would never have heard of 12 months ago, we now know them intimately. Jerome, the head of Skip Tracing, he, I see him every night on the news, and Brett Sutton, they've, they've become like, like to us, you and I as footy and sport fans, like Michael Jordan and Ron Barassi, they're that well-known. We, Oh, yeah, Brett Sutton, yeah, everyone knows who he is. Well, I think um, whoever would have known the term genomic sequencing, <laughs> right, <laughs> wouldn't have had a clue, mate. The only sequence yeah. I was in was was at left hand or right hand for the next shout and with the beer. Yeah. So I had a, no idea, mate. But anyway, let's uh, we could talk forever, but we're not here to talk. We're here to talk no. to our next guest, which is an absolute superstar. Um, a lot of people might not know this guy, but I can tell you by the end of this little episode, you're going to know him. You're going to know him well. Um, another man with two first names, Mr. <laughs> Mitch Dean. How are you, Mitch? G'day, boys. Really good. G'day, Welcome, Mitch. Mike. Board, mate. I'm like, when you said superstar, I'm like, are you sure, no, it's, you sure it's me? Who are you talking about? It's you, mate. My, it's you. my word, it's you. My word, it's you, mate. Thanks for joining us, Mitch. No, this is really good. No, very good. Um, when do we talk about the footy? Well, we can start with that. Well, we can start with that if you like. What we, <laughs> what we normally start off with is um, show episode number 37. Um, here's a question for you. Have you got a famous number 37? We're starting to get up, in, up there in numbers now. It's getting harder. No, I don't. Not, not off the top of my head, no. Righto. Let's start with which team are you? Um, bombers. Oh, oh another <laughs> bomber. Jeez, we've liked it with three bomber Come guys. On, we're up. We're all of a sudden we're up and about. It's all right. Absolutely top of the shelf. You've gone to Mitch. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, You'll be welcome you, back, I'm sure, mate. There's plenty of bombers <laughs> fans in amongst uh, our, both our fans and also um, on the show here with. With cousin and who is yet to join us, lovey, if he uh, decides to grace us with his presence, he's a bomber too. Is he? Oh well, we're in good company. Nice fun. We are. Yep. So, yes. as I said, well, welcome, Mitch. But um, episode thirty-seven. Um, it's been more than twelve months. We've been doing this now, and it was never supposed to go past episode one. Just to let you know, and. The point of episode one was uh, obviously during that very first lockdown, we'd go for a walk. The one hour of prison time, we were allowed to get out and walk around uh, the streets. Glenn and I live fairly close to each other and we'd go for a walk and we'd ask about, you know, how our mates were going. And we decided one day everyone was kind of done with the Zoom chats and uh, we decided just to jump on live on Facebook and see who jumped on and had a chat. And next minute we were talking to friends and family and all sorts of people from around the world and and we're lucky enough to have our first music guest who was actually with us on last night as well, Ryan Sterling, and it kind of snowballed from there and we forgot how many musos we knew or, or were connected to or referred on to, and it's been pretty much a music guest for most shows. So um, welcome amazing. to keeping that, keeping that floater going. Oh, I, um, I, I, like I was telling you before, I didn't know you guys were out there doing this, but I'm really glad I've you know, stumbled upon it. Um, you know, seeing, listening to guys like Ash Naylor and Luke Sinclair and that, amazing. So that was um, a really cool find and uh, I think we need to spread the word so everyone can, everyone else can go and have a look too and check it out. It's really good. Cheers. We will do that. And a quick shout Fantastic. out to Luke with his new album, Heavy Dreams. Oh, I see. Is that beer then? All right. Do. And, Beautiful, and the beer, yeah. The beer of choice for tonight, the quick uh, Belter IPA. Oh, so Belter. feel free to uh, in. Indulge. 
but obviously drink responsibly, as we say. Some of us don't have too much to do tomorrow. So. <laughs> yeah, correct. Correct. Someone said to me, we actually got out for a, a gig last, it was Sunday before last, and we went to yeah. the Brunswick Ballroom, uh, which is the old Spotted Mallard that's been redone. So it's a fantastic venue now. And we saw um, the Marshmallow Overcoat, which is Davy Lane, Ash Naylor, and Brent Wolferton together playing 60s and 70s rock. Um, fantastic cool. covers. So that was it's great. great. And like, we did that from a birthday. And a few mates said to me, mate, you got nothing to do for a few weeks. Um, lockdown's coming. You got a seven day hangover coming up. So let's, we might as well get into it. <laughs> so it was, it was a good, good impromptu Sunday afternoon session before the lockdown. Yep. Um, nice. Let's just start with, uh, let's just start with a quick one with you, Mitch. Um, when your first memory of when music sort of gripped you, what age were you? And do you remember what it was? Uh, you know what? I was probably discovering my mum and dad's old little 45s, um, rated the record collection, probably like everybody, and just spinning those. You know, they're just little, they're just singles, obviously, you know, A and B side. And um, I don't know, I think I got through all of those and just one band was better than all the rest, and that was the Beatles. And um, so then I took off from there and, and then found the, found the rest of the album collection and and off we went from there. So I was probably like, I don't know, seven, eight years old around there. When so I, fair I was, to say was, you, yep. your parents had good good taste anyway. Yeah, I reckon they did too, yeah. Not a bad way to start, <laughs> start your music uh, listening with with uh, better than Humphrey Bear anyway, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, yep. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and from, from there it was um, – I don't know. I reckon I was stuck on. I was stuck in Beetle World till I was about fifteen, yep. and I didn't realize much else existed until then. And um, you know, finally, I think the world of rock and roll and hard rock and everything sort of finally, finally arrived in my ears. And um, you know, yeah. So um, and then it sort of all changed after that, and ended up, you know, in a garage rock band doing the usual, usual way that um, musos probably start and. And um, playing music far too loud in their dad's shed. And, um, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So, so uh, apart from, apart from the Beatles, mate. Obviously, early on, then as you sort of, as you said, got into your sort of mid teens and that. What sort of other influences then was it? Sort of your mum's collect, mum dad's collection, or was it what you heard on the radio? Like, yeah, it what, was. What, what did you sort of align yourself to? If, was there was a certain type of music or artist? Oh, look, I went through like probably a little bit of a heavy, a real heavy, heavy music phase, but then I came out of that and probably grabbed. I reckon where I had a big change again was maybe latching onto the Black Crows in my early, you know, late teens, early twenties, and from there, um, yeah, I, um, I got I was into them, crazy into them, um, and. Well, that sort of probably culminated with a change in band too. So, like, I was in a pub rock band from sort of 17, 18 years old through to my mid-20s and we'd play all around the peninsula and um, into the city, you know, places like the Tote and all those sort of places. That um, And then I ended up in a country rock band. So that the pub rock band finished and I was grabbed by some slightly older guys who are, you know, much more accomplished musicians than me um, and pulled me into their country rock band and um, 
and I, and then I think my taste changed even again. So there was just like eyes and ears opened up to a whole new world of music and influences. And you know, like within a year, I, we were going to Tamworth, and and all of a sudden it was just like, whoa, what's what's this all about? You know, and um, seeing like the cream of Australian musicians in every pub and. And it was like a mind-blowing experience, just the, well, for me, like I was fathoms off what all these other amazing musicians were and and it was a real baptism of fire. Um, and I think I spent the next five, six years just scratching to catch up, you know, to try and get to a level um, where I felt like I was contributing properly because um, it's, yeah, it's a, you know, going from a little pub rock band on the peninsula all of a sudden to being on the other side of us, you know, around Australia and seeing what was out there. It was, um, it was head spin. It was pretty, pretty full on. Yeah. yeah big eye opener, I'm sure. Um, yep. All right. We let's, let's kick off with a, with a song, mate, if you don't mind. And, oh, uh, and then we'll have another chat not long after that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, you know, what? I don't think I've ever done a live song like this so okay beautiful this is my first time giving it a bell you know i um i guess it's just like being on a stage where if you stuff up everyone gets to see it <laughs> that's all right that's why we're live yeah yeah um this is off my new album um my first little single that i released off it called facing a long line it's um just sort of a song i based on like a a town that relies on a sole business to, you know, everyone say like, I don't know what you might imagine, like the Ford factory in Geelong or something, and then that, that factory goes away and everyone's sort of stuck uh, with nothing, you know, no, no work or that sort of thing. So, yeah, anyway, we'll give it a crack. There's a picket line on the lawn Family screaming, lives are torn There's nowhere left to go Along with everyone you know Rumors turn to tears Nightly news relays to fears Now who can hold the torch? Who can stand and keep watch? I don't know what to say this time I'm just a face in a long, long, long line Now who's to say we'll be doing fine You know it never was enough to call it time so many had stood tall They spent years inside those walls Now the gates are all locked down With the heart of this town Now should we've seen the move Those who knew were hiding clues There were those who wouldn't leave Those who refused to believe I don't know what to say this time I'm just a 
place in a long, long, long land. Now who's to say we'll be doing fine? You know it never was in us to call it time. Page one was holding true A week later just old news If there's one thing I found This world it keeps spinning round Some are staring at the stars Some are moving, packing cars There were those who wouldn't leave Those who refused to believe I don't know what to say this time I'm just a face in a long, long, long land Now who's to say we'll be doing fine You know it never was in us to call it time Excellent, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic, mate. Uh, that was my first live stream. Yes. Very <laughs> good, go. mate. Very good. Got through. There we go. Sure did, mate. If uh, if that's a testament to anything else we're going to see or hear tonight, um, that's an awesome start, mate. Uh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, mate, I'm really intrigued by your song lyrics and songwriting, mate. Um I've read a fair bit of those lyrics in some of that, especially your latest stuff that's come out. And yep, mate, it's fantastic. Uh, great storytelling, obviously, and that's that's not easy as a songwriter. Um, yeah, what's yep. what's sort of your process, mate? How do you how do you go about it, writing a song? Like like probably like what I said before, um, with with the whole musicality trying to catch up. I, I always felt like maybe my songwriting was maybe my you know the strongest string to my bow um, and yep. that's what I've sort of really tried to hone in on I guess to, to be a contributor also um, in the country rock band I'm in which I'll, I'll touch on I guess hopefully in a minute um, but yeah so I um, I don't know it's it's um, I, I are you just trying to say where I, where I get some of that stuff from or um, oh, not only the inspiration but you know What's it? What's the process really for you in writing a song? And and obviously before you know, some people it's yep. it potentially is is the guitar and stuff that comes first, and the lyrics come later. And 
you yeah. know, is that different for you on different songs and different albums, or have you kind of got a bit of a process you go through? Nah, uh, probably all the songs on Holding Back the Levy and, and stuff are, um, yeah, the music and the melody would come first, and then I'd fit, fit the lyrics in um, later on. Um, although we've, I've just sort of finished a whole bunch of songs that I've given to the country rock band, The Distance, and um, that was a concept. We decided to do a concept album. And so the themes and the the words were sort of came. So that was a bit different I've, than what I've ever done before. But yeah, for for most of my life, it's just been um, sitting in a guitar, noodling, and um, or uh, and yeah, you just something would pop in your head and you'd chase that. Um, so like um, that song that was just that I just wrote there, uh, the song there, um, I was probably I think I was playing a, a Tom Petty song, and I can tell you the Tom Petty song that I was playing. Um, and I think I just was just mucking around with different variations of chords and then a different a melody would pop up and, um, I don't know, I'd write different lines down and so, like, maybe I wrote the, um, I don't know, the, the line in the chorus, I don't know what to say this time, I'm just a face in a long, long line, and then it's like, what's this about? Where can I take this? And so then I try and find a, a story off that, um, yeah, um, one of the, one of the songs I was going to play later called um, "His Father's Gun." Um, I just that one I'd I'd actually written two lines. Um, the first two lines in the song, holding um, what is it? Hold uh, anyway. I forget the two words. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Like I was strumming the guitar, and then those two lines said, you know, they were a bit ambiguous. But then I built the story. You sort of. I know that, that's what I really find the most rewarding part is that when you have that little moment where you go, oh, I've got it, and you know that you've got a little story or something that's different than you've heard before, and that yep. that's what excites me, and, and that's what I keep um, probably chasing with my songwriting, um, just that little moment of, yeah, that little spark, and you go, oh, I haven't heard heard that before, or you think it's original, and, and you chase chase that little story or that line, and um yeah that's what that's what keeps me coming back i think sure sure do you ever get feedback from people about your songwriting that have that classic oh they thought this song was about something else and, and it's completely different and just meant something to them in their in their environment or with their place mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like mate i didn't even think of it like that but mm-hmm. when you go back and looked at it later and thought yeah i suppose it could be interpreted like that um you know what not really um i probably i don't know whether a lot of my songs aren't. Maybe they're not ambiguous enough. Maybe um, you know, there's always um, those good songwriters don't quite give you enough. Maybe I give too much. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, to me, that's a complete story then. But let's yep. let's uh, let's bring on uh, late night, lovey. How are you, lovey? Welcome, mate. <laughs> hey, Have are a we? look at you. Nothing like that. twenty minutes late to a gig, mate. You've just missed Have- the first song. Oh, look, you know, it's just a case of, you know, the good stuff's yet to come. It gets even better, I'm sure. Yeah, very Beach, much. how are you? Nice to Al- meet you. Alvis is uh, Hello, mate. Mixed, mixed Alan, I noticed on, on your previous shows you had you were called Love Gun, you know, and I liked that. <laughs> that. Yeah, look. Come I figured, on. I figured, you know, the actual name itself is a touch boring. Just as, I mean, there's eight letters covering two names. I mean, it's pretty short. So I figured... If I try to just blend in a song or an album uh, with the word love in it, 
It yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. You got to mix it up. No, it's good. I like it. I like exactly it. right. Yeah. The anagram to my first name not as not as pleasant. So let's go with love. Okay. <laughs> hey, lovely. What about the good news though? Mitch coming on board. What a talented artist. Yes. yes. But he also follows the Mighty Bombers, mate. Oh, there we go. It's about time. <laughs> it's about time we had a a, a a great musician that also understands the finer things in life in another <laughs> genre. <laughs> Oh, he's even got oh, the flag. It's already my favourite. Oh, look at this. <laughs> yeah. this We're hunting those tigers now. Watch out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, don't worry about the tigers, mate. The demons are on the way. So come and follow no, us. They're, not. they're done. They're already <laughs> the done, good mate. part is, is no one, no one really hates us. No one really hates us because we haven't done any damage to anyone yet. Yeah, don't it's worry. True. You keep counting on like you do, mate, and uh, we'll start hating the Melbourne Football Club pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we're just talking about um, Mitch and, and the early part of his his life and career, and Beatles being a massive influence uh, as a as a youngster as one of his first memories of music. So, um, yeah, I was just saying, it, not a bad place to start with the Beatles, well, as we well, all know. I've got so I've got so many questions to ask Mitch if that's the case too, because I love the Beatles as Aaron and Cuz know. So, right, well, um, let's let's kick well, off with one of those, Lovey. Over to you. Oh, jeez. Okay, right well, on the spot. Put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I could go with a real Dorothy Dixer. Have you got a favourite studio album from the Beatles, Mitch? Like one that absolutely uh, stands out? Yeah, I'm a white album boy. Yep. Oh, yeah? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, keep coming back to it. I even had it on again last week. Um, something yeah. about it. I don't know. I still find yeah. Mystery Tour was was their was my favourite for some reason. Oh, good on you. That's that's not a not a not one that you usually hear. So that's cool. No, Magical yeah. Mystery Tour for me was that was the that was the one for me. So, yeah. um, sorry, there might be some background noise. I think my kid's about to put his four drive through the ball. But um, <laughs> I think uh, which which wall, uh, mate? So we can look to see it coming. We can warn you. Mate, <laughs> those jumpers behind me will no longer be present. Um, <laughs> So, no, Magical Mystery Tour for me was, is my favourite one. Um, it's usually, yeah. I know it's hard to pick one. Do, yeah, do you find good. with them, Mitch, when you listen to the Beatles and, and watch your own music and in your music writing process, and it's a tough gig, obviously, but do you try to emulate, obviously, Lennon and McCartney are two of the greatest songwriters of all time, but do you try to sort of think how they try to think when you... Uh put your music in a place not really good they were so complex um yeah. they were just on another level and like i did hear a few people say oh gee i can hear some beatles influence in some of my songs and i think that's just um you know going from major to minor chords in a few little bits and pieces but that's about as complex as i get um yeah they, they were on another level that to try and emulate them and sound like them it's um Pretty tricky thing to do, I would think. Yep. I mean, too hard to ask. Yeah, I, I was, I just really, you know, really honed in on trying to keep things as simple as I could, um, and it worked a treat. Obviously, um, especially using session musos to help record. Um, but um, you know, if the song was four chords, that was it. That was great. Um, tried not to put too much into it, and. Um, I think yeah, it's all the more better for it on the other side. So uh, I, I don't know. I think that's the um, that's where I'm at with my songwriting. Just k- 
kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. That's what I say. Yep. <laughs> but, mate, listen to that song before and listen to a couple of other songs I've heard when I said well, you were coming on board. I, You spoke about Aaron said he saw you do some Tom Petty covers and that, and I listen to his music and that song that you sang before. I love listening to songwriters who tell a story in their songs. Yep. I, and, like, listening to your music, I don't want to say I don't want to use the words easy listening, but it's easy to listen to because you're telling a story. Like a couple of my favourite artists, like people like Neil Diamond, those sort of people who every one of their songs there's a story behind the song, and that's what I love about your music too. You can hear there's a story. Like you, you spoke about how you came to writing that song, and you yep. told us the story, and then to hear it, you hear the story in the song. So to me, fantastic, mate. Really good. Yeah, those songs that like paint the picture in your brain—they're the ones that you go, "Oh, far out. that's that's an amazing song." Like, I don't know, you like listen to like Dylan's Hurricane or something, and and you can actually, as you're telling as he's telling the story, you you're you're there, you're in the bar, you're seeing it. In you know, I don't know what it is. So, um, those sort of t- songs, um, but yeah, they're special. They're great. Yeah, sure, they sure yeah. are. And speaking of great songs and special ones. I reckon we hit you up for another one. Yeah, one. Just put you on the spot, mate. Oh, getting through them. We're, we're doing well. Oh, well. How about I play that one I just spoke about, the his father's gun song? Yeah, that'd be great. Where it's like a um, a kid steals his dad's, like he's getting bullied, and he decides he'll steal his dad's gun to kind of scare the scare the kids that have been bullying him but you know there's a bit of a twist in the story and it sort of goes a little bit astray for him um so yeah this is uh this is his father's gun all right i'll give it a crack out he was roaming the street like an only son holding on tight to his father's gun Hiding in the shadows till the moment slips away His best friend Jackie was by his side The target of laughter all their lives They only wished to see smiles start to fade Heartbeat racing full of dread Remembering words his father said Grips a little tighter till it feels it start to sway. Well, I guess he must have met the devil that night. Showed him the ropes, the door, the light. Whispered in his ear as he slowly backed away. And so it goes, when on that night the headlights turned, he was paralyzed. Finger on the trigger, now the edges start to fray. He took that thing right off his hip, he closed an eye and bit his lip. How the game changed with the pieces all in play. A cornered dog, a dead end street, with no way out, well, bear its teeth. 
never believed he would take a life away. Well, I guess he must have met the devil that night, shown him the ropes, the door, the light, whispered in his ear as he slowly backed away. So there he stood with a smoking gun, all he could do was turn and run, not a moment would pass where he wouldn't through the day. Well, that gun was kept on the lock and key. They always do, they just break free. Don't you dare, you'd hear his father say. Well, those two boys never looked for fame. The whole town now would know their names. Nothing they knew would ever be the same. Then dig a little deeper and you'd find this boy is not the killing kind. A moment of madness, the lines had blurred to gray. Hey, hey, well, I guess he must have met the devil that night. Showed him the ropes, the door, the light, whispered in his ear as he slowly backed away. So there he stood with a smoking gun, all he could do was turn and run, not a moment would pass where he wouldn't through the day, not a moment would pass where he wouldn't through the day, yeah, not a moment would pass where he wouldn't through the day. Father's gun. Very good, mate. Very good. That was excellent. Absolutely brilliant. Awesome, guys. Um, Thank it, you. It was. Oh, mate. It was um, when you close. You, you, when a lot of people do this, I presume, but when you close your eyes and hear the song, it, it, it was very much, um, very much like Paul Kelly for me. And oh yep. I really, he's, I, I could sit back and listen to that for, for hours. It was it was really good, and I can drink like that for hours too, mixed up. <laughs> I'm quite thirsty right now, actually, since I was late. I even forgot to get myself a drink. But um, one little question I, I've got for, and we always, all of our guests, I've noticed all of our musician, all our musical guests, when they come on, um, we get them to play something acoustic, like on guitar and all the rest of it. Um, I need to ask, how many other instruments do you know? Are you proficient in other instruments, whether it's the drums or whatever, whatever the case may be? It's, it's, it's fascinating. We get the guitar out, but I'd love to see a massive drum solo. Can you do drums, or what's what's the nah. what's the go for you, mate? Uh, I get on the drums at band practice, and the drummer just shakes his head at me and 
has a bit of a giggle. They let me on every now and then when, you know, the drummer will go grab a drink and I'll jump on, you know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. No, no. For me, it's just the guitar, electric guitar, and a little bit of harmonica. That's about, that's it for me. Okay. Yep. Are we getting a harmonica later on, are we? Um, yeah, there's one more with a harp. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I threw it in early, but yeah, I've got one more. I can chuck it in. No, I, yep. I, yeah, I know. I, I, I missed that train. Um, that's cool. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see a drum on this potty one night. Gonna be, gonna be cool. <laughs> well, we had uh, we had Wolfie Brett Wolferton on uh, yeah, an early episode, and uh, we didn't get him on the kit. But we've also uh, we've got another couple of dr potential drum solo drummers coming up so so hold the hold that thought mate for another for another show you just never know um yeah, but mitch well just as obviously speaking about guitar um and obviously mm -hmm. that that's been the instrument for you that you picked up but obviously being able to play the harmonica as well um and they seem to go hand in hand with a lot of guitarists especially in the folk country blues space um yeah you're when did when did you, when did you decide that the guitar was really for you and, and obviously then you went to progress that. So where, where was your earliest moment of hitting the guitar and then taking that seriously? Um, oh, not seriously, but like grade five, six was like, you know, acoustic guitar playing carols for the old people's home at primary school. But then it didn't really hit me till maybe 15 again. I reckon I put it down for a little while, didn't really play it a lot. But, um, you know, I did my paper round and saved up my, my money and bought my first electric guitar maybe when I was about 14 or something. And, um, yeah, then, um, I don't know, just, yeah, played it a little bit and I think I discovered, like, Metallica or something and then it was on. Then it was on <laughs> big time. And then schoolwork just suffered badly and I couldn't stop bloody playing the thing all night long and um yeah it just went from there <laughs> and um but yeah and I always had an acoustic guitar so a bit of both dad my dad was into his guitar um and we you know I'd go at the shed and jam along with him or, or I'd find his old chord books and stuff with songs he'd written down and and that's really where I probably learnt my the most you know because you'd he'd write out an old I don't know song by america or something or you know a neil young song or you know might be powder finger or something and i'd and i go i know that song and you'd pick up the book and it says c and e minor and g and i'd just play along i, I think that's how i got my head around you know song formations and chords and playing along yeah yeah so that was quite, that was really what i like about that mate is it's and it's it was like me with my first cricket bat my first pair of footy boots and footy when you buy your own one as a teenager yep. first it's it's the one you love the most it was the That's one you right. take up the most and i've still got that yeah. i've still got my first Have acoustic my, my first electric i've still got them yeah i can't throw them yeah. away yeah, yeah i've still got my first cricket bat back at mum and dad's house it's uh it's had about 6500 oil linseed oil rubs on it it's the footy <laughs> i don't know i lost the footy somewhere but yeah it's it's always special as a kid when you you buy your first one and that becomes your passion pretty quick i reckon it's I like it. Yep. Yep. So, um, your first, uh, your first gig, Mitch. Not um, your first gig, but the first gig you attended. What was your first, uh, your uh, first major act or or show you my, went to? My parents took me to a Jethro Tell concert. Oh, there you <laughs> go, man. Awesome. Pretty awesome, full on. Right? 
mate. Big time, mate. Watch out. Um, at Concert Hall, <laughs> 1993, 94. That was, I think, my – yep, that was my first big one. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And um, Hang on. So I've heard the Beatles, Metallica, Jethro Tull. Yeah. Can't wait for the rest of this show yeah. coming up. I, I, wasn't allowed to go, I wasn't allowed to go to Calder Park to see Guns N' Roses, so that was the next thing, you know. Oh, you missed out. <laughs> yeah, you missed out. That's my favourite. Yeah. yeah, I think the great part is diversity in your music uh, train and collection, no doubt, Mitch. But yeah, what moved you into that into that country kind of feel? What age was that? Did you say? And um, and then you know, obviously, that's been your your genre that you're you're in now. Yeah, so mid twenties, and then um, I don't know. So yeah, the country rock band I mean, it's called The Distance, and um, you know, we're pretty pretty busy around from like 2006 through to, you know, 2009, 10, 11, 12, around there. Um, and we still we still rehearse weekly. We're still the same bunch of guys um, and we're still at it, and which is really cool. It's like been, I don't know, what's that, 16, 17 years or something. It's amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and great bunch of blokes. And um, so, yeah, just in that world and probably uh, the, that guy, where is he? There, that guy, Kevin Bennett. I don't know if you know Kevin Bennett. Um, so I fell in love with that his band and and his songwriting and everything about about what they do. Um, and um, I don't know. So yeah, just fell in love with that. That that was a big influence. I reckon that really pushed me into that genre even more. Um, I don't know. It was always there. Like I'd always listened to Neil Young. I'd always had all that all that stuff running running all the time so it wasn't a big jump and um and these days you know i'm probably listening to you know i uh, got into ryan adams a lot i got into i'm writing to jason isbell all that stuff now um yeah i guess that those songwriters that they don't need drums and stuff around them they can just stand there with a bloody guitar and play a song and it's amazing yeah i yeah. love hearing those love hearing those guys yeah Absolutely. Outside of those two, um, your latest listen, have you got one for us that you've come across in this lockdown kind of one, two or three? You Look, must have come I, across something. I, I probably don't have anything to spruik about, but I know that there is Gary Lewis has got an album coming out in two days. I'm hanging for that. Right. Um, big Jay Hawks fan. Um, and Lucas Nelson's got one coming out in about a week and a half too. So, I can't wait for that because I'm yeah huge fan of both those guys. Um, yeah, Fantastic. so um, yeah, keep an eye out for those if you, if you like your, I don't know that sort of music. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and keeping busy. Obviously, I don't know. I'm not sure whether this was one in the making pre pre COVID days, but uh, your new album that came out in 2020. Yep, holding back the levy. Um, was that has it been a work in progress for a while, or what? What's been the why why did you drop it in the middle of 2020 yeah um good question um i thought i felt like it was i don't know it was i thought it was a really good time to actually drop it i think a lot of people had time to listen yep um and i wasn't phased with touring so i was like let's just do it let's just put it out and yep. it worked great i felt like um there was a good buzz around it everyone you know a lot of people heard it reviews were written, all that sort of stuff. I, I got out of it everything I wanted to. And like you said, you know, you got got time at home to 
help promote it and stuff because I don't do this obviously full time. Um, um, so yeah, it worked well for me. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Because it's oh, for me, it's been been a good listen. Um, obviously, I didn't I didn't find out about you at that time. Um, and to be honest, there was a lot of online listening that was happening and streams and all sorts of things and artists that I hadn't come across during part of Isolate. I'm not sure if you came across any of the Isolate sessions that were got up to so. about 30 or 40 or more sessions, um, which artists from all around the place, which was fantastic to have. At one point, it was a weekend, and then it kind of turned in every day at one stage. It was fantastic to have, and there was Delivered Live, and there was a few others. So um, online streaming kind of wasn't your buzz, obviously, by the sound of it, mate, but we've broken that barrier tonight, and hopefully, uh, you know, you, during this next period, you can maybe throw throw a couple of live sessions out. But I wanted to touch on um, one thing that I think you do uniquely is uh, is this this little stuff, the Tiny Shed concerts, mate. Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, this concept and how that came about and what it offers. I don't know. You see like um, like Tiny Desk concerts, <laughs> um, which are pretty famous. I thought I'd do Tiny Shed concerts, you know. So I've got yeah. a little music shed in my backyard. That's where I do all my demos, and it's seriously a three-by-three three box. Yep. And, um, you know, I've soundproofed it and just got, you know, like a microphone and Pro Tools in there and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I thought, oh, why don't we just, yeah, I don't know. I thought it'd be a good concept just to play a song in a three-by-three three box. Probably won't sound too good. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That's um, as simple as it gets. One one mic, one guitar, and that's it. Yeah, when was the last when was the last episode you put out? Uh, I did one the other day actually, but I haven't really I haven't promoted it. I, I did a Lucas Nelson Nelson song about five days ago. I think I put one up there, but um, okay. um, yeah, I'd love to do like yeah, like a properly sit there and and maybe get a whole series or invite. Mm -hmm. My initial idea was to invite other artists to come and yep. and play the, play a song in there and actually make it a series of different people. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit tougher with the social distancing factor that we're about to come across again. Uh, good, good mate of ours on the show came across. Uh, yeah, yeah, intimate partner. You can always get intimate away with that. Partner. You get away with that. Make sure you're right. Just call him your intimate partner, whoever it might be. You know. uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good friend of the friend of the show, and we've had on a couple of times. Dave Cosma um, had a great kind of lockdown concept and. Went out into the garage and sat in the back of his EJ Holden and live streamed gigs from inside the back of the EJ um, and then invited a couple of guests in in with him and then social distancing came in so they had to open the door and put the drum kit on the outside and all those kind of things happened, mate. So it's good to see you've, you've got a little unique concept going there and um, oh, I think, uh, you know, there's a couple of great ones I've, I've found and recently and have listened to, mate, so keep that up and keep putting them out. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, we'll do. I'll keep keep having a try. Obviously, yeah, I haven't got up the courage to do live the live stuff, but um, you know, if you do it in the in the shed, if you stuff it up, you can start again. But yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, no, mate. If, um, if the stuff you do yeah. in the sheds, anything like the two songs you gave us tonight, mate, you'll do just fine, Mitch. All right, good on you, Cuz. I love you, mate. You're a sensational. <laughs> no, no, don't, yeah, mate. don't fall into Cuz's crap. <laughs> Mate, what what every guest we have on the show, I like to ask them um, the same question. You're hosting a dinner party. Now you can invite five people to the dinner party. Who are the five people you're going to invite? Mm -hmm. Mum and dad are a given, 
Well, your family's a given, so it's non-family. Yeah. So and oh, you can yeah. you can be living or dead. It's whoever, whoever you want to invite. It's your gig. Oh, what's oh, you, know, you want to make it pretty eclectic, don't you? You say the conversation roles. So could you bring like in like a Dave Chappelle, and then oh, throw yes. in, and then throw in a, I don't know. Oh, can I bring can I bring Paul McCartney? He's still around, so <laughs> grab him while I can. Yep. Um, <laughs> they can be living or dead. Living so, or dead, mate. Oh, living or dead. Gee, that opens it right up. Sure Gee does. Whiz. Oh, can I just invite like Roger Waters and Dave Gilmore at the same table? That'd be <laughs> that'd be sensational. Yep. Do you want to hit one then? Yeah, I'd like to see that because they'd just they'd blow up and go at each other and yeah, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, not a lot of love lost there, is there, really? No. Hey, did, you, did you see Roger's post yesterday? No. Nope. No. Oh gee, yeah, he's um, they're re-releasing Dogs from 1977, and um, they got some liner liner notes written, and the Roger um sort of is a bit swayed towards Roger being like the the whole megalomaniac that he is, but the others won't wouldn't agree to him releasing the notes. So he's he's a he's gone all right, fine. I'll take I won't put the notes in the record. But then he posted them on his social media and said the other guys are <laughs> the other guys are basically assholes because they won't let me put this in the in the record and he's had a few digs so yeah it's going to be on now. Fantastic, <laughs> nice. nice. That's awesome. Who's yeah. your last one? Who's your oh, last one? Last one. Oh, let, let's just bring in James Heard. Why not? Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Let's go. But you we'll know, you about it. Mitch, and we've had, as Aaron and Lovey will attest to, we've had some wonderful guests on, male, female, all walks of life, musicians, musos, all parts. I don't think one of the guests we've had have said their spouse <laughs> at any stage. That they're not bringing the better half to dinner to show you he's not coming. Oh, um, the, kids, the kids never get a mention. Ones that have got kids, they, they don't come either. It's, no. No, no. I, I, well, you said a... you said family, so I just I just wiped yeah. them all out. That was it. Yeah, wiped them out. Well, yeah, absolutely. They're sitting at the table the six other days of the week. So why would you want them there the seventh day? They don't need to be there. There you go. And a quick shout out to a good mate of ours, Berkey, who's normally on the show, um, was busy tonight, sadly, with work, which is great to, that he is busy with work, but couldn't make the show. Um, so he sends his sends his love and and sh- thinks you're sounding great, Mitch. So he's a big oh, fan. Oh. Also, so he's got know, inter- uh, she's got sorry, internet also connection. You know, he's working. He has got internet <laughs> connection. <laughs> also, to let you know, a mate of ours from Canada's jumped on and said good day, Robert Wine, and um, so we're going we're going truly global, mate, right now. Um, so <laughs> awesome. not not to make you a little bit nervous, more nervous with your live live no stream. Pressure, That's all good. That's all, all right. Going great. So well, we might hit you up for just one more, mate. Yep. Um, did you want? So there's one more in mine, or did you want a cover song, or where 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 are we at? Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to be really greedy there and hit you up for two more. Then is that all right? <laughs> let's let's hit. Because the reason I don't want to, I definitely want to have a cover in there, but I I want to be greedy enough to put your music out too, mate, because yeah. I can't limit it at the two. And I need to get one more in for Lovey because he missed the start, so he's got to watch well, it back. You just tell me how you're going for time. Like if you if we're gone too late, I, I can I can do whatever you want me to do. 
No, well, we're good just for on now. That, just and on I that am bitch, being good. I mean, this is one of the six nights you meet to have dinner with your family. Have you had dinner already with the family before we get greedy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have, yes. Yeah, You've yeah. eaten? Okay. Yeah, I've eaten. Love you. Love you, Norman. Love you, Norman. Lovey normally comes on with a red wine and fish and chips or something and just eats in front of us, mate. So <laughs> don't, don't feel bad for him. <laughs> don't feel, don't feel he's, he's being rude. It's just his normal behaviour. 20 minutes. Yes. Oh, I, I'm on a diet. That's not, there's no food there tonight in front of me. That's why. <laughs> Correct. Oh, my God. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Mitch. Over to you. Uh, I'm playing a song. Okay. Yeah, I am playing a song. I'll just check the tune. I'm doing a drop, drop G song. Open G. Sounds alright? Not right. There we are. Alright. This one, yeah, another one off the new album. So um Sometimes I still see your mom I know it's so hard I remind her What can't be said We don't know what to say So we both turn away In emotion so full of regret As the wheel tries to make it fight 
Imagine a half solar here, okay? So let me drift here for a while, just one moment with your smile. If this is a dream, please don't wake me from my sleep tonight. So let me drift here for a while. Just one moment with your smile. If this is a dream, please don't wake me from my sleep tonight. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. Uh, I can tell you one you. thing. It would have been beautiful with the harp, mate, but it really didn't need it. And um, with that, uh, mate, really, really great words once again in that one. Um, there's no doubt uh, storytelling, as we discussed during this show, is one of your strengths, mate. That's for sure. Um, I really felt uh, that. I feel like that's like a poor man's cousin to like Pearl Jam's Last Kiss or whatever it's called. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, like the car crash song, you know, like, I, yeah, I didn't, didn't quite yeah, nail it. But... Well, I can tell you wow. a good mate of mine, Sam Trapolino over in Adelaide, is very much now a, a Mitch Dean fan, mate, as he's just posted the comment. So it's fantastic. And going back to uh, Canada. Um, fantastic. And Canada's wrapped that it's an early start for them, mate. Seven AM, so you've kicked off the day beautifully for them, mate. You're sounding awesome over there. So there you go, over in Ottawa, Canada. Oh, beautiful, mate. That was fantastic, Mitch. That was a great song. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That's cool. Just really on that, cool. I think um, we've uh, we you talked about you know artists we we've had on before, Ash Naylor and. Uh, Luke Sinclair and a few others um, recently. Uh, I can tell you now, mate, and I know you probably won't back yourself, but we'd put you in in that company any day, mate. And uh, I hope to. I know you don't do a lot of gigs, mate, and you don't. You're not really out there at the moment. But I really hope um, in the next twelve months you can get time to get out there in amongst uh, the day job. <laughs> um, as as uh, you know, it's not easy to be a full time muso, that's for sure, and earn a, earn a living. So no, no, no. luckily you don't have to do that as a full-time gig. Um, no. Would you like to, mate, as you're 
get into the latter half of your life? No, look, I, I think at the moment, like my, my girls are 11 and 8 and yep. they are just, you know, they're awesome fun. I love all the stuff. I just love being there for all their sport and yeah. you name it. I think I've, you know, turned a corner with obviously, um, you know, your life and your priorities and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I'm just, you know, I just look forward so bad to the, the weekends and, and seeing them shine. And um, so um, I think at the moment I'm, I'm just about keeping the music, the flame flickering through. You know, I know that I won't always be doing that with the girls. There'll be a time where they don't probably want want me around as much. So it's just about keeping the music, keeping it keeping it bubbling until a time where I might have some more time up my sleeve. Um, you know, yep. down the track. So yeah, yeah. Good point. Sorry, Anna, if that's all right. I was just going to ask your, your next steps with this with, with with music, particularly given we're in Victoria. Um, <laughs> No gigs, and it sounds like you don't do a lot of gigs. Are you? Do you have the propensity over the next twelve months into potentially even start writing for another album? Like, is, do you? Would you look yeah. to pump out another album or two over the next year or two? Yeah, year that's or what's, what's, it's, it's what's definitely. Def, yeah, that's definitely on on my on my radar at the moment. I mean, I'm, so we're looking to record with the distance on ASAP. Our albums rehearsed ready to go we just got to push record and start getting into it so there'll be i'll be into that as well um but i sort of look ahead and i still want to um i don't know keep the mitch little solo thing in some way or form bubbling along so i'll i'll look to do something later on this year or early next year or something so yeah beautiful i'll be back at it some way if i can beautiful just, yeah, just send me, send me. Anyone got ten grand, twenty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as definitely. A, as you, a uh, throw the bucket around. That's for sure. And if any, oh, if, you know, if ever we can help get the word out there, mate, we'll, we'll do it on our little, little tiny little show here. I, I know that's for sure. And um, we've found definitely a couple more fans. We just got to give them to buy albums and um, yep. put the money back in yours pocket. Yep. Most nice importantly. Um, so we met. Uh, by um, sheer luck, to be honest, and, and I probably never would have come across the name Mitch Dean and gone to a Mitch Dean gig as such without hearing some of your music. Um, but it was sometimes what, what a lot of musos do is play covers, and and that's what pays the bills sometimes. And like uh, I know you picked probably one of my top five artists of all time um, to go and play a tribute Tuesday gig at Drunken Poet in. North Melbourne before, well, just yeah. in a period of after lockdown one or two, I can't remember what it was, but we, we just got a couple of gigs in there and it was a Tom Petty uh, show, mate. So just tell us, you know, a little bit about that and Tom Petty for you and, um, you know, obviously a massive influence for you. Um, yeah, well, for starters, I, I was I penciled that gig in because I just wanted to get myself motivated to start singing you know, and get a bit more match fit to go and play some gigs for my own song. So um, I went, all right, I'll go and I'll, um, you know, it forces you to sort of get off your butt and and, and start rehearsing a bit and singing. And, um, you know, I don't, I'm, a, I'm not a natural singer, so it's not my forte, but I, um, I have to work at it before gigs, you know, I have to sort of um, rehearse up a bit. Um, so, yeah, that's why I penciled that in. And just, I do love him. I do love all his songs. Um, and because he's, 
he writes simple songs, so they're good, they're easy to play, you know, go and do cover gigs with. Yep. Um, he, he doesn't he doesn't overcomplicate it and he's you know he's a great storyteller and all that sort of stuff too. So um yeah that's how that's how I got into doing that. Um I've done that a couple of times with with Tom's stuff. So um and you know just when you do that stuff too you you learn like I'm also the guys that I play in the distance with we also do a, a Springsteen show. All right. So and we travel all around Victoria, and that's a seven-piece band. And um, so when I say I don't play gigs, I, I sort of I do. Play <laughs> solo turns, gigs. Yep. Probably turns out that I, I do, but um, yeah. Um, and so again, that was a big learning curve. Learning all the Springsteen, like we had to learn. We've learned about sixty of his songs. So you just learn so much by obviously playing playing all these other guys. These great amazing songwriters but you learn a lot and it rubs off i think too so um yeah there's something in that something to be said for that anyway i know um we don't go around saying we're a tribute band we just do we don't dress up or anything we just do the songs of and we all just come out dressed up in black and um yeah yeah it's um it's a really but it's a cool show too it's a really cool show yeah. I can't help but think that actually holds a bit more credibility if you don't try and dress up like them. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That was my rule, I think, at the start. I'm like, I sort no. Of cringe at that stuff. We're not called it. Yeah. And it's, it's um, you know, is it like suicide? You know, like you don't you don't want to mention that you do probably that stuff when you're doing original music. But um, I don't know. I, it's been very beneficial as well to to the our original band as well so it's um it lifted us all up musically um our, our musicianship went went another few levels again yep. from doing that but um yep. yeah i don't usually we don't usually spruik about it but i am proud of that band it's it's, ama- it's an amazing band yeah awesome we, we've, we've been to see as an i sorry as a, a couple of guys who um i went i actually went to school with a couple of them they they do a it's called American Made, and they do Springsteen, Tom Petty, um, and who's the other one I've got to think now? Is who's the other guy they do? Um, John Cougar. John Cougar. And it's, it's the same thing. And like we, I've been to see them a couple of times, and it's fantastic. And 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 they they love it too. And they it's just like you, they don't they don't do the gimmick. You dress up. It's no. good music, and they're good musicians, and yeah, they play well, good music. It helps fund our original band, so that's why we, you know, we just put it all in a kitty a lot of the time. And um, or while I was, it was helped fund my album while I was doing those gigs too. So it, it you know, that's what you got to do sometimes. Yep. Yeah, sure do. Just a quick question from uh, one of our viewers jumping on, um, Mitch. Who would your ultimate collaboration to work with would be? Who who would you like to to join up with if you could play one album or one record one session with? Oh man, um, tough, you know, it? yeah, it's tough. You know, what do you do? Do you um, back to that dinner table, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, can I just go yeah. with like, you know, can we just collaborate with Mick Jagger or something? I don't know. Look, there you go. Oh, uh, look, Shit. it would have been a, a long time now. I would have said Chris Robinson a long t- for a lot of that. Um, yeah. someone like him or. Even Gary Lewis, I don't know these guys. They're amazing. I'd yep. There's plenty that I'd love to do that with. That's for sure. And just tell us quickly. Just, last, just night's, last, night's guess, last night's guest we had on Ryan Sterling uh, mentioned a story 
um, about that. So just tell us quickly uh, about that. And you, you thought you might have even been there. Yeah, so Ryan, I was watching last night the show, obviously, and uh, Monday, and he said that he met Chris Robinson and because he went and saw Chris Robinson Brotherhood. And I was thinking I would have been standing right next to him because um, he would have been at the back of the corner hotel and I was right there too meeting Chris and getting my photo and all that sort of stuff. And um, not the first time I've met Chris, by the way. I followed the Black Crows around the country back in 08. But, yeah, I thought that was <laughs> – <laughs> thought that was quite funny that uh yeah i was almost wanted to go and look through my photos and i'll be like hey mate that that's you there you know <laughs> i'm sure he's in my photos you know it's fantastic all right well yeah. anyone that doesn't know mitch this is the latest album holding back the levy um if you haven't heard it we've heard a couple of songs from tonight and it's an absolute ripper um also jump on mitchdean.com.au and pick yourself up uh, a tea most importantly um tribute to this album no doubt and we look forward to catching up with you again mate so we really appreciate your time and we're going to hit you up for one more um the influence behind this cover for you and why have you why have you picked this one oh uh, look i this one popped into my head last week that i was like oh i really want to learn this song it's called elephant by jason isbell and it's an amazing song it is so simple but it's a song about um He's singing about a, a lady who's dying of cancer, and the, the elephant is the elephant in the room that they don't want to. They don't want to talk about it. Mm. You know, they're they're skirting around. She's dying, but they're you know. And he's so it's a really sad song. I just I just love it. I just uh, I couldn't stop playing it. And then I thought when you guys said come on, I was like, oh maybe I'll try and play it for on the end of the show. So perfect. We appreciate I, uh, that. Beautiful. Sounds I've, great. I've never played this song, you know, I've only just run over it, obviously, in my own time a few times. So. Anyway, it's, it's an amazing song. Anyway, have a listen to the words. It's fantastic. It's called, yeah, it's called Elephant. I'm going to tune that. Hang on. I can't, I can't play it without that being E string being out of tune. It was just... Here we go again. It's live. It's all love. She said, any you're better than your past. Winked at me and drained her glass. Cross-legged on a bus stool like nobody sits anymore. Said, and you're taking me home, but I knew she planned to sleep alone. I'd carry her to bed, sweep up the hair from the floor. If I fucked her before she got sick, I'd never hear the end of it. She don't have the spirit for that now. We drink our drinks and laugh out loud and bitch about the weekend crowd. Try to ignore the elephant somehow. Somehow. She said, any you. 
crack me up See grams in a coffee cup Sharecropper eyes, her hair almost all gone When she was drunk she made cancer jokes Made up her own doctor's notes Surrounded by her family I saw she was dying alone so I'd sing her classic country songs and she'd get high and sing alone. But she don't have much voice to sing with now. We'd burn these joints in effigy and cry about what we used to be. Try to ignore the elephant somehow. Somehow I've buried her a thousand times And given up my place in line But I don't have a damn for it now there's one thing that's real clear to me No one dies with dignity We just try to ignore the elephant somehow We just try to ignore the elephant somehow We just try to ignore the elephant somehow Somehow, somehow Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. Being really cool. Thanks, Thanks mate. Absolutely fantastic. If there wasn't guys out there like you, you know, lift us. You know, it's fantastic just to um, meet some guys that are, are so into um, obviously the the music and what's behind it. So uh, it's really, really cool to talk to you blokes. Thank you. We really appreciate you coming on, Mitch. Um, got everyone, that was episode 37 with, uh, I can tell you now, a superstar. You might call it simple, mate, um, but it was really, really poignant comment um, that a friend of ours from Canada just posted. Uh, I just want to read this to you, mate. Simple. Look at it from his perspective. He's physically disabled, sees double, and has a brain injury. Trust me, it's not simple to him. So there you go. Take for, don't take for granted, mate, your incredible talent. Um, you're a talented guy. Uh, we need you out there more, mate. And I can tell you now, you've got at least a couple of new fans from tonight. Um, and that's, that's what it's about, mate, it's keeping yep. smiles on faces and giving people hope and you've definitely been able to do that during lockdown mate and that's why we got you on to have a chat so we really appreciate it and hope to get you back and we look forward oh. to seeing you on a stage soon and i can tell you now mate uh, three of us will definitely be at your next gig Beautiful and we'll come guys. to all your bands too mate you your single the country band and the in the cover band as well <laughs> and then we'll go to the footy cuz all right the bombers yes there you go. all right we'll have, all we'll right. have to see good mate to see cuz in front of us though that's all right all good on your cars, you will be back on the show sooner rather than later, Mitch. Thanks for coming on, mate. Absolutely fantastic. All right.
We'll Beautiful. see you soon. Cheers, Mitch. All right. Thanks, see mate. you guys. Thanks, Thanks Eddie. Man. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Mate, how good was that? Hey, what a superstar. Mm. He is a genuine Absolutely. superstar, mate. He may not call himself one, um, but I can tell you now, we think he is. And I, I'm just captivated every time I hear. Um, it was just really good that he's had a good setup too. Uh, so it paid homage to that good he, – he, does, he doesn't even think he's got a good voice. I mean, that's yeah, that's uh, how modest, modest he is. So. But as you said, Lovie, you made a really good point. Sorry, mate. You made a really good point when you said – and I did it to his the, the second song he played. Close your eyes and listen to it. He is such a storyteller. Just yeah. so easy to listen to his music, and he is so humble uh, about it, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I, I think the what he hopefully what he understands what he gives us uh, when he says you know thank you and for this platform all the rest of it. I think it, it can work the other way as well. And I think Aaron summed it up nicely for me in that. It seems to me like we're helping each other. The help's going both ways. We're helping him. That's how he feels. I, you know, uh, but I think um, if more people jump onto shows like this and just chill out for an hour, don't probably ignore us through it, but just listen to the man, yep. listen to their yep. music. Um, you know, and, and you, you, you'd be amazed as to how much better you probably feel after that. That's what they do. That's what all these musicians do when they come on. It's 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 why we do it. It's brilliant. Yep. Sure is. And just to let you know, guys, what's coming up shortly, obviously this Sunday, we're doing another one with Eric Collier, who we had on uh, a while ago, um, yeah. and his, his um, duo band called No Promises, a bit of country as well, country, and um, so that'll be great. We're changing the vibe a little bit, and, and next Wednesday night, um, I just announced before you came on, Lovey, that uh, James, the hound dog, young from that owns a cherry bar is going to come on and have a chat. Who's Melbourne's new oh, nightmare? Nice. Um, obviously, <laughs> being very, very outspoken, defending and and promoting most importantly um, music and venues, and really pushing for the fact that they should be open and given an opportunity. So, I cannot wait he's for got that my chat. Broad shoulders, yeah, he's got my broad shoulders if he needs them. It just get all these musicians back out there as soon as we can. Definitely, and boys. We will leave it at that till this Sunday afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your week. Beautiful. See you, lads. Well done. Good show. Let's get through it. (laughs) There you guys. He's wrapped it up up for you. (laughs) Well done, guys. Thank you. All right. See you, guys.